0: We saw your B Good Baker running by again the other day. Says I to old Mister Brennan. Ah yes, says he. I've never seen her stand still, and she's running rings around the rest of us
1: with our Brennan's B Good bread. Only sixty calories a slice. Sixty calories, says I. That's just a whole meal, is it? No, says he. It's the whole meal, the whole grain, and the waste. Sixty calories a slice, and high in fibre, whatever way you slice it slices. That's why anything baked is better with Brennan's today's bread today.
0: Are you feeling lucky this St. Patrick's Day? Easy Living Furniture has a pot of gold waiting for you. With absolutely everything reduced across sofa, dining, bedroom, mattress and accessories. Get the three-seater dark grey Harper sofa for only $4.59. Donut 240cm dining table for only $2.89 and much more. Don't miss out on these lucky savings at Easy Living Furniture. Find your local store online at easylivingfurniture.ie. Today on the Indo-Daily, the new claims being made by Molly Martins in her retrial.
1: Douglas Kingsbury, who is the lawyer for Molly Martins, he set out quite plainly that she believed that Jason Corbett had killed his first wife, Mags, in November 2006.
0: The retrial of Molly and Tom Martins for the brutal killing of Jason Corbett, has seen their defence put forward dramatic evidence against the deceased Irishman.
1: Sometimes in court, what's not said is almost more important than what is said. What Mr Kingsbury did not say was that Margaret Corbett wasn't just with her husband when she got the asthma attack, she was actually with her sister as well.
0: Molly's mother says she had code words for the children to alert her to trouble at home. And the defence has introduced interviews with Jason's children saying their father was abusive, which the kids have since recanted.
1: The Dragonfly House interviews were not introduced in the original 2017 trial. The then-judge David Lee ruled that both statements had been recanted by the children within days of them travelling back to Ireland in August 2015.
0: I'm Fiona Sheehan, and today on the Indo-Daily, I'm joined by Ralph Regal, Southern correspondent with the Irish Dependent, to get the latest updates from the North Carolina Courthouse. Ralph Regal can you tell me where are you and what has the atmosphere been like in this case thus far
1: I'm actually sitting outside the Dew Courthouse in Lexington in uh, North Carolina Fanon it's um Small city in North Carolina um, was a city that would have been a center of furniture production many, many years ago, but like a lot of of the smaller cities in the States, it's kind of fallen on on hard economic times, very tight-knit community. And the case that I'm I'm here for has has pretty much dominated local headlines for the last eight years. Um, Courtroom number six in Davidson uh, Courthouse is the focus of the the manslaughter sentencing hearing for Tom and Molly Martins. Now, Tom is 73 years old. He's a former FBI agent, a former counterintelligence operative with the U.S. Department of Energy. And Molly Martins is 40 years old now. Um, and it's all about the, the circumstances surrounding the death of Jason Corbett, um, an Irish widower, father of two from, from Limerick, who had uh, moved to the United States in uh, 2011, and who was found in the early hours of August the 2nd, 2015, in his home at Panther Creek Court, about maybe 30 miles, 35 miles from Lexington. was found in the bedroom um, with horrific um, head injuries. In fact, such were the devastating injuries that a pathologist could not accurately count the number of blows which were inflicted by a, a metal Louisville slugger baseball bat and a heavy concrete paving slab. Now, Tom and Molly Martins, Tom would have been Jason Corbett's father-in-law, Um, Molly Martins was his second wife. She had met Mr. Corbett when she had traveled to Ireland to work as a nanny for his two children following the death of his first wife, Margaret or Maggs, in November um, 2006. They both admitted that they had inflicted the fatal injuries on Mr. Corbett, but really, for the last eight years, they have consistently insisted that they acted entirely in (laughs) self-defense. We had been expecting um, the Lexington court hearing to take the form of a retrial. um, Fanon, both the father and daughter, were convicted following a five-week trial in July and August 2017 of the second-degree murder of Mr. Corbett, and they were given 20 to 25-year prison sentences um, outside the court that day. I remember one of the members of the Martins family said that it was a travesty of justice and vowed that they would appeal and they did appeal. It went to the Court of Appeal in um, North Carolina, and by a two-to-one um, majority of judges, and um, the appeal was upheld. It was then referred to the North Carolina Supreme Court, and two years ago, the, the Supreme Court quashed the conviction, upheld the appeal, and left it up to prosecutors as regards whether they were going to stage a retrial. Prosecutors said they would stage a retrial, and then in quite dramatic fashion, um, last Monday, the Assistant District Attorney for Davidson County, Alan Martin, informed Judge David Hall, the magistrate who was specially appointed to deal with the retrial, that a plea bargain agreement had been reached. And under the terms of that plea bargain agreement, Tom Martins would plead guilty to voluntary manslaughter, which is classed as a Class D uh, homicide here in North Carolina. And his daughter, Molly, would enter no contest to uh, a voluntary manslaughter um, charge. On the basis of that, the prosecution agreed to drop the second-degree murder charge. Um, They only did that after the judge had effectively quizzed both defendants that they understood their actions, that they were happy with the advice of their lawyers, and that they they understood all the aspects of the charge that was now involved. He said he was happy that they understood it. He ratified the charge and he notified the two defendants that in the eyes of the judiciary, they would now be considered as convicted felons.
0: Was it a surprise that a a plea bargain was entered into on this occasion, particularly for such a a, a brutal killing?
1: I think it was to a lot of people maybe not familiar with the case, but I know certainly the family, the Corbett family in Limerick, had feared Um, This for quite some time, really since the Court of Appeal ruled in favor of the Martins. They were very worried that a retrial was always going to be a long shot for a number of different reasons. Um, First of all, the original trial lasted for five weeks. A retrial, which would have had substantial numbers of new witnesses, was expected to last anywhere between seven and eight weeks. And that's something that's always viewed as a bit of a logistical challenge um, in a lot of US states. Secondly, North Carolina, like a lot of other states, is struggling to deal with a major backlog of murder trials, particularly uh, because of the impact, ongoing impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. And there's a significant amount of homicides in North Carolina particularly gr- gun crime. So having a case that would take up seven or possibly even eight weeks of um, a judicial sessions was always seen as a bit of a challenge. And I think the concern amongst the family always was that prosecutors would just find it um, easier and more acceptable for them if there was going to be a plea bargain agreement. And that's exactly what the Martins got in the end.
0: Tom Martins has pleaded guilty to voluntary manslaughter. Molly Martins, no contest to voluntary manslaughter. So what kind of sentences are the prosecutors seeking here?
1: Essentially, what we're dealing with here is a sentencing hearing. In situations of extraordinary extenuating circumstances, a person can actually walk away from a voluntary manslaughter conviction with probation, but they have to be extraordinary mitigating circumstances. At the other end of the scale, if someone with a very serious um, history of, of violence and criminal convictions is convicted of voluntary manslaughter, they can actually face potentially up to 17 years. Now, the judge made the point quite clearly that that type of sentence is not involved in his considerations because Tom and Molly Martins, of course, have no previous um, serious criminal convictions. So what we're really talking about is a sentence that's going to fall somewhere between two or three years and up to potentially nine years. Now, what's also very relevant and pertinent about this is that if the judge judge finds that the sentence is at the lower end of the scale, as the the, mar- the lawyers for both Tom and Molly Martins are arguing, and he imposes a sentence of anywhere less than three and a half years, they will both walk free from custody. Because of course, both Tom and Molly have already served three and a half years in prison on the basis of their 2017 convictions uh, for second degree murder, which was for 20 to 25 years. Once the 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 hearings
0: began. there was a quite startling claim made by the defense. What was Molly Martins alleging uh, about Jason
1: Corbett's uh, deceased wife? It really has been a week of extraordinary developments here and and the first of those extraordinary developments was where Douglas Kingsbury, who is the the, the, the lawyer for Molly Martins, he set out quite plainly that she believed that Jason Corbett had killed his first wife, Mags, in November 2006. Now, sometimes in court, what's not said is almost more important than what is said. And what, what Mr. Kingsbury did not say was that Margaret Corbett or Mags Corbett was wasn't just with her husband when she got the asthma attack. She was actually with her sister as well. So both her sister and her husband were with her when she got the fatal asthma attack. And her husband had put her in a car. He'd left her sister in charge of his two young children. They were both aged two years and under at the time. And he desperately drove to meet an ambulance that was coming from University Hospital Limerick. Uh, Mags Corbett suffered a fatal um, cardiac arrest in the ambulance as a consequence of her asthma. And tragically, the paramedics were not able to revive her. So Mr. Kingsbury is effectively saying that his client believed that her husband had killed his first wife and that a similar fate would befall her. Now, he said that they will be entering medical evidence which challenged some of the medical findings and rulings in Ireland um, from 2006-2007. But we've not actually heard those as yet.
0: Now, we've also had disputed interviews which did not form part of, of the the first trial but are coming into play now what was said during those uh, those interviews and and what's the what is being said about them now
1: yeah you could you could have heard a pin drop yesterday in uh, courtroom number six in the courthouse when those interviews from Dragonfly House uh, were, were played on video screens and just to explain Dragonfly house is a social services agency. Um, here in North Carolina, particularly in Davidson County. And they were assigned to talk to Jack and Sarah in the days after the death of their father on August the 2nd, 2015. And there's a couple of interesting points to make. Firstly, Jack and Sarah were given to the custody of Molly Martins and her family immediately after um, the fatal incident. So for four days, between August the 2nd and August the 6th, Jack and Sarah, who were then aged eight and 10 years, were in the sole custody of Molly Martins. And secondly, I think it's worth noting that the interviews were conducted by um, Dragonfly House literally hours before both children were due to attend the memorial service uh, for their father in North Carolina. And that was a memorial service where both children had said in the Dragonfly House interviews that Molly Martins had told them that their Irish relatives could try and take them and bring them back uh, to Ireland. So that's the background to it, but both interviews were extraordinary. The Dragonfly House interviews were not introduced in the original 2017 trial. The then-judge David Lee ruled that both statements had been recanted by the children within days of them traveling back to Ireland in August 2015. And he thought the fairest way of handling it was not to allow the original statements in, and not to allow the the statements of recantation in either. So basically, everything was omitted. However, as part of their appeal to first the North Carolina Court of Appeal and latterly to the North Carolina Supreme Court, lawyers for Tom and Molly Martins argued that by not being allowed to introduce those dragonfly house statements, and particularly how they dealt with allegations of domestic abuse within the Corbett family home here in North Carolina, it undermined the defendant's ability to argue self-defense. So once the Supreme Court ruled in that in their favor, it meant that the Dragonfly House statements were going to form part of any retrial or any sentencing hearing, which is exactly what we're dealing with. And they were quite dramatic, quite extraordinary. Um, where you had, I mean, just sitting there and looking at a screen where you have, you know, an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old describing in detail the overall circumstances leading up to the fatal assault on their father. And just meters away, you have the same two children who are now aged 17 and 19 years looking on at their younger selves, um, talking about those events. It really was, I mean, quite overpowering. You could have heard a pin drop. And at one point, Sarah um, uh, Corbett was, was overcome with emotion and she had to leave the courtroom to compose herself while the videos were being played
0: the claim has been that effectively the kids were were under duress they were under stress they were under the 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 guidance of the martins at the time and that's what was forming the backdrop of them making this statement amid the amid the trauma of their father dying and a a suggestion that they were going to be removed from a woman who they were they, they regarded as their 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 mother and so on nonetheless so what did they say in these interviews that is now Uh, forming such an integral part of the defence.
1: Yeah, Sarah's interview was the first one that was broadcast and what came across from it was on the one hand how there was almost hero worship of her mother Molly or her stepmother Molly. Um, She described Molly as her best friend uh, she said that her mother was always there for her, that she spoke at length about the things she did with her mother. Um, and then, of course, the other part, the, the crucial part of um, Sarah's statement was she spoke about her the attitude of her father towards um, her stepmother. She said that her father would get very, very angry, that her father would shout at uh, Miss Martins, that he would sometimes scream at her. Uh, she said that he would pull her hair that he hit her on one occasion and that he would also roll over her foot, although she said that this could have been an accident, but she didn't think that it actually was. And Jack's statement was very similar in ways. There was a lot of incredibly positive things said about Molly Martin's Um, For instance, Jack said that uh, he was better at sport because Molly had pushed him to get involved in sport. He was even smarter because of Molly, because she had got him involved in the Battle of the Books and various other types of school things um he said that it was probably one of the most po- poignant things that jack said was that he spoke about the relationship between his father and his stepmother and he said that it was it was a troubled relationship it wasn't very happy that there was a lot of anger and um, there was a lot of shouting and screaming he said on one occasion his father was trying to check his mother's phone uh, there was a lot of pushing and shoving and eventually his mother ended up being shoved to the floor um by his father he said that he also saw his father hit Miss um, Martins, he said that at times Miss Martins would be screaming as Jason Corbett and that she would then end up curled up in a fetal position under the bed covers, crying and screaming.
0: There was also a detail provided about Molly Martins' mother basically telling the kids that if,
1: if trouble was breaking out at home, that they could ring her. and That was first signalled, again, in one of the statements that didn't form part of the original 2017 hearing, we heard about a detective's interview with Sharon Martin's, and just to explain the night of the fatal assault. Uh, the, Jason was there, Molly was there, his two children were asleep in bedrooms upstairs, but Tom and Mar- Tom Martin's and his wife Sharon Martin's were in a downstairs basement guest room. And Sharon Martin spoke to this detective about waking up, hearing screaming in the middle of the night. She said that she believed that there was um, verbal abuse taking place um, between Mr. Corbett and her daughter, but she didn't see any physical abuse, but she feared that there was. And she spoke about how she was so concerned that she had given a special code words, to the two children. She had written her mobile phone number underneath a wooden doll, uh, like a matryshka or babushka doll, those, those Russian dolls that one fits into the other. And they were in a nest of dolls in a spare bedroom. The number was written in black marker on underneath the doll. And Jack was given the code word galaxy. And Sarah was given the code word peacock. And if the children were worried or if there was an emergency or something wrong, they were to ring that number They were to use the code word and then hang up. And Mrs. Martin said that she would then realize there was something wrong. She would ring the police so that the children didn't have to. Now, as an aside, one interesting thing about Mrs. Martin is that the prosecution pointed out, she couldn't be compelled to give evidence in the original 2017 hearing because she couldn't be forced to give evidence against her own husband. But the prosecution made the point that for someone that was so concerned about violence and physical violence in her daughter's home, that when she would be awoken to hear the sounds of her daughter screaming, her husband to leave the bedroom armed with a baseball bat, not to return. They said they found it extraordinary that according to Mrs. Martins, she then fell back to sleep. But in terms of the children, what is interesting is that both Jack and Sarah confirmed the story about the special code word, that they had practiced this code word. They had never had the opportunity or the chance to use it. But yes, Jack had the code word galaxy. And Sarah said she had the code word peacock.
0: Is there any chance that Jack and Sarah could be called upon as witnesses to provide testimony as part of
1: this hearing? We understand that in terms of live testimony, no, that that's not going to happen. We, we do know that we've already heard the video evidence from Jack and Sarah from August the 6th, 2015 from Dragonfly House. The statements recanting those interviews, which were made to a solicitor in Ireland, those statements have been given to Judge Hall. We still don't know whether those statements will be read out in their entirety in the court or whether they will simply be summarized by the prosecution. But And uh, we do also know that there were statements given by Jack and Sarah in 2021 to Davidson County police um, officers. Those statements have again been submitted, but we don't know if they're going to be read out or summarized. But we don't believe there's any indication at this stage that the two children will be called to give actual live testimony.
0: And then turning to to Tom Martin, he had firm views on the
1: relationship between um, Molly and Jason. Yeah, very much so. I mean, the first trial heard a lot of detail about this, that he didn't like Jason Corbett. He actually considered him beneath his daughter's standards um, which in, in ways is ironic because that didn't stop Tom Martin's accepting I think it was almost $40,000 from Jason Corbett to pay for the wedding or it didn't stop him going to visit the house and many times when, when Jason would organize hospitality at one point he even spoke to um, one of his workmates and said that he hated his Irish son-in-law now he didn't use those type of words when he was talking to the police officers in his original interview but he certainly made it clear that he didn't like his uh, Irish son-in-law that if Jason ever visited his home in Knoxville in Tennessee he would ex- find an excuse to go down to the basement to stay away from him or if he knew he was coming he would organize that he would go and play golf so as not to be around him.
0: And he also felt that there was a lot going on in in the background in the relationship that, that people didn't know about.
1: He thought he had got hints of verbal abuse but he said that he never saw or heard any instance of physical abuse of his daughter. Um, now, Sharon Martin said the same. She did not see any example of physical um, abuse. Sharon Martin's explanation was that she she felt that if um, that she would go if her daughter knew that if she told her mother what was going on in the house, that her mother would become hysterical and and overcome with emotion. Uh, in Tom Martin's case, he said that look, he said his daughter didn't tell him, but that his wife would be the person that she would probably go to to talk about things like that. But he certainly didn't like Jason Corbett, and he certainly made no bones about the fact that he considered his daughter to be in a poor relationship.
0: Now that the charges are manslaughter, uh, has the defense changed at all? Or or are Tom and Molly Martin still claiming this was all about self-defense?
1: Yes. Effectively, what they're arguing is what's known as imperfect self-defense. In other words, that they went to defend themselves, but they used excessive force. They just went too far. And what they're trying to do is argue mitigation of that. In other words, there were circumstances. It was dark in the room. Jason Corbett was bigger than Tom Martin's. So Tom Martin's overemphasized the amount of force required to subdue him. Uh, Mr. Martin's legal team has made consistent points they've on several different occasions they've referenced the fact that Jason Corbett used a boxing bag for fitness Uh, they've claimed that he was involved in martial arts although there hasn't been any tangible evidence um, to support that submitted so far and there's a lot of circumstances about what happened on the night in terms of why they went as far as they did? Now, Tom Martin's legal team has said they will be submitting ten specific mitigating factors to explain his actions on the night. We're just looking at the case so far, it's just about to start its fourth day today. And what appears to be clear is that Douglas Kingsbury for Molly Martin's is pretty much leading the defence team, and you do get the sense that there is some kind of a strategy going on between the two two defence teams in terms of how events are handled how explanations are given, and potentially how culpability will be handled towards the end of the trial. Because of course, Tom has pleaded guilty. Molly has entered no contest. So
0: you're expecting at least another week of testimony here?
1: Yeah, I would think so. It's very difficult to predict. Um, I had an American reporter talking to me on Monday and he said he thought everything would be done by Wednesday of this week. And I I, I knew it wouldn't. But at the same time, that's how the the predictions can vary with this. Uh, Given the witness list, given the the pace of debate, um, I would be very surprised if this this wraps any time before next Wednesday or Thursday.
0: And the sentence ultimately being handed down, the deliberation by the judge, would that take some time or are you expecting that immediately once the trial ends?
1: Um, I would actually think the judge will probably give it immediately, although again, we don't know for sure. Um, The judge has certainly been given a a vast amount of this material before, because multiple times during the hearing, Judge Hall has commented on the fact that he's read reports. He has seen the documents that people are referring to. He has considered some of the stuff. Um, Again, How much time he'll require to consider it all, no one knows. But I think they're hopeful that they'll get some kind of a sentence on Friday, although there is the possibility that if he thinks he needs time to consider it, he may very well adjourn um, sentencing until a later date.
0: Since the death of Jason Corbett, how much time have Tom and Molly Martins spent uh, in custody?
1: Uh, They spent three and a half years in custody. They were jailed, I think it was on August the 9th of uh, 2017, and they were released after three and a half years, um, within I think about three weeks of the North Carolina Supreme Court handing down uh, their ruling in favour of the Martins' appeal. So again, to stress, if Judge Hall imposes any sentence that's less than three and a half years, both Tom and Molly Martins will walk free from court six in Davidson County Superior Courthouse um, because they've already served that amount of time behind bars.
0: And my thanks to Ralph Regal for joining us from Lexington, North Carolina. I'm Fiona Sheehan and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was produced by D-Ready, researched by Dave Hanrity, with sound by John Smith archive clips from The Irish Independent, ABC News and Fox News. For more on this story, you can listen back to our revisited episode on the killing of Jason Corbett, which we will link to in the show notes. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. And then. What are we watching? Oh, what about, uh, End the, uh, with Skystream. The new way to get Sky without a dish. Stream unmissable Sky exclusives like True Detective and Netflix shows like The Gentleman, all in one place. For just €25 Euro a month for 12 months. Search Skystream today. New customers only. 12-month minimum term requires broadband for the term supply.